we turn to the Old Testament this morning to learn about our Savior as our all. I title this message, The Glory of Christ, Your All. Here, deep in the bowels of the Old Testament, we find this, this most amazing chapter from the pen of one of the greatest of prophets, Isaiah. He saw the coming of Christ clearer than anyone else in the Old Testament. Paul told us in Romans 15, 4, that the things written before the coming of Christ were written to guide in our learning about our Lord that it might build us up in hope. I pray I can show you the beauty of that hope this morning. So if you would turn with me to Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah 12, we'll be reading the entire chapter. Would you give ear to the reading of God's word? And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with you, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day you will say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known to all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. O Lord, you are our portion. We promise to obey your words. We seek your face with all our hearts. Please be gracious to us according to your promises. We consider our ways and turn our steps to your precepts. We will hasten and not delay to follow your commands. Though the wicked bind us with ropes, we will not forget your word. At midnight we will rise to give you thanks for your righteous guidance. We hold all as friends who fear you and follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, O Lord. Teach us your decrees. Help us to hear your word this morning and apply its truths to our lives. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Jesus Christ is the only person standing between you and eternal damnation. He is the only one who can prevent your complete fall into eternal death. He and he alone gives hope to the race of mankind. Because of his unique place beside God the Father, he is the perfect expression of God's glory, making him your all. It's important that as a Christian you understand Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is given to you as a believer by your heavenly Father. He is given to you to be your help against the damnable and deadly poison of original sin. When Adam sinned in the garden, you were there in him and had part in that sin. He and you, by that sin, plunged all of the human race into a spiritual death. A death you cannot hope to escape from by yourself. Without the work of Jesus Christ, you could never be delivered from that death. Jesus alone makes possible your freedom. Not only does he deliver you from the consequences of Adam's sin, but also 
He gives you the grace to save you from the pernicious fruit that flows out of that first sin in the garden. Because of original sin, you are caught in a trap filled with a life of sin. Jesus, when he came into this world, came to offer a sacrifice, a sacrifice that was more than sufficient to forgive the sin of that first transgression, but also all sins that followed from it. His work does not end with just sin. He also came to provide, to provide for you protection against all the calamities and evils of this world. Now, please understand He does not promise that you will never suffer any hardships. What he promises is that nothing, absolutely nothing in this world will ever be able to destroy your place with him. In the end, you will, as a believer, be with him in heaven where your every need will be met in abundance. This Jesus, who is the Son of God, the Christ of God, came down into this world on your behalf, on behalf of his people. He came to do for you what you were not capable of doing for yourself. He finished the work necessary for your salvation. He came to do everything you needed, thus making him your all. Our text this morning is Isaiah 12, which lays out this idea of one being your all. This is a song, a song about deliverance from sin and the evil ways of this world. It is also a picture of the Savior. It was a song to praise God for his glory in your rescue. But it is a picture, a picture of an even greater freedom, a deliverance so grand that only God could accomplish it. It is a song of a return from spiritual bondage, from a sinful captivity into freedom. This is a song looking forward to the victory of the Messiah, to the one who will be the way, the truth, and the life. This song praises the one who will come and take on the battles you can never win and will not stop until you're saved from all of your enemies. Building on this, let's study this idea of the glory of Christ who is your all. First, you shall see Christ as your Savior. Second, you will find he is your physician. Third, you shall learn Christ as your comforter. Fourth, you will know him as your wisdom. Fifth, you shall receive Christ as your gift. Sixth, you will understand he is your good. Because of your sinful nature, there is great disorder in your life, and it is exceedingly great. It is a deadly condition, one that makes you worthless. It places you in a completely untenable situation beyond your power to overcome. Therefore, it is absolutely necessary that you have something or someone who can bring order to your life. Isaiah 12, 1. And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you, though you were angry with me. Your anger is turned away and you comfort me. Only. Only a truly high and divine remedy will suffice to give you order. Nothing short of a solution derived from from the pure mercies of God can bring the order you need in your life. Through the devil, sin entered this world. Now please understand, Satan didn't make man sin. Man did that on his own. 
Satan was the vessel through which the temptation was manifested. Because of sin, death entered the world and man fell under its power. God in his infinite wisdom and mercy was pleased to send his beloved son into the world to restore to you the life of order he created for you to live in. This is the comfort he gives. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. God made Jesus' death, his precious blood, to be the agent of your salvation. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The blood of Jesus removes the contagion of your sin. He is the one and only one who can cleanse your soul of the stain of both original sin and those sins that follow from it. He alone can give the sinner comfort. Jesus Christ is the Savior of men's souls. He came into this world to be their Savior. He and he alone is the remedy of your sin. 1 Corinthians 3.11 for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Dear friends, don't let anyone lead you astray. Salvation is found in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. He is the only Savior of the souls of men. Place your hope, place your trust in him and in him alone. This is the message that stands at the heart of all God did to reveal himself to you and open a way for you to come to man, to come to him. Jesus came to give his flesh as your bread of life. He came to make his wounds from the cross to be your sovereign healing balm. Jesus came that his sacrifice might be the abolition of your death. He did this to turn your physical death into nothing into nothing more than a shadow without any power over you to turn your spiritual death into an eternal life of joy and peace. Jesus Christ came into this world to do for his people all who would hear and believe on him those things they could never do for themselves. He came as the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 2.5 He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Jesus is your Savior. He is the Savior Isaiah speaks about. The state of fallen man is one of weakness and inability. Man is dead in his sins and trespasses. There's no spiritual life in him. There's no medicine that can revive him. Man needs a physician that is greater than one who practices with drugs or surgery. Even when, you want, even when told what he needs, fallen man rejects it because he cannot comprehend his real need unless, unless the Lord draws you unto himself as a faithful and merciful physician administering to you the life you need, there is no hope for you. Unless Jesus is your salvation, you have no hope. Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for Yah, the Lord, is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. The cry of every believer should be, listen to these words, this is what your cry should be. 
Lord, take me wholly into your hands and trust me not to myself. If I am left to my own wiles, my soul will be lost, my life worthless. Take me, O Lord, and turn me from myself. In you it is the works of your hands alone shall I be healed and restored to life. You alone, Lord, are my strength. Jeremiah 17, 14 says it very well. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Jesus Christ, in coming into this world, came to heal the lost. He said in Luke 5, verses 31 and 32, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. He came to show, to show that true religion really was and so what it really was. And so you could see your own sin and therefore repent of it and come to him for your healing. You have to see that sin and understand the sin before you can come. The first and most prominent sign of one's spiritual death is an arrogant and prideful refusal to accept responsibility for your own sin. How many people do you know? that simply refuse to take responsibility for the troubles their own sins bring into their lives. Every one of us have to struggle with this. It's not something a Christian doesn't know. The only way to deal with it is through confession and repentance. How do you come by this repentance? It's not something that is inherent in all men. In fact, just the opposite is true. It's something that is foreign to all men. Jesus, as the great physician, gives you this gift of repentance. Acts 11:18 explains. When they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted the Gentiles repentance to life. This is the work of the great physician, to give to men the ability, to give to them the desire to confess their sins and turn away from them. In and of yourself, you don't have the strength or the courage to face what you are before God. Jesus comes to give you that strength and courage. Open your hearts. Open your hearts and receive him and lift your voice in praise of his grace. Isaiah said in verse 2, I will trust and not be afraid, for Yah, the Lord, is my strength and my song. Now you may be saying, what is this word Yah? It's simply an abbreviation of the word Jehovah, which makes it a little bit difficult to know exactly how to translate it. You'll see some of your translations will say, Lord Jehovah. Others might say, Lord God. Others, the, the, the Lord, the Lord, they, it makes them two. The Lord, the Lord. Uh, the new King James decided just to leave y'all alone. And I think that was a good, good move. I will trust and not be afraid for Yah, the Lord, is my strength and my song. It's grace alone that can prepare your heart to receive the needed gifts to save your soul. Yah will bring that grace. Salvation comes from Yah through Christ and through Christ alone. As a believer, the life you live in this world is one that will be filled with troubles. 
That sounds contradictory to what many people believe the Bible teach. There are those today who believe God owes them an easy and prosperous life. They say if your faith is strong enough, you can have all this world has to offer. You can be friends with the world and be a child of God at the same time. They look down on those calling themselves Christians who suffer under trouble. This is a really bad and a really biblical, unbiblical idea. There's no truth in it. There can be no joy in the life apart from Jesus Christ. Comfort and joy both require a source. They never stand alone. Isaiah 12, 3. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Jesus dug the wells of salvation. Your comfort and your joy are in him. Jesus says in John 16, 33, as he talks about Christians in this world, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Isn't that a comforting thing? What Jesus promises is peace of heart. Understand, this concerns spiritual matters. He's talking about salvation. The foundation of peace and life begins with comfort and joy in salvation. It comes only to those who place their hope and trust in Christ and hold on to it. He makes it clear. Troubles will be in your life as a Christian. However, on the spiritual issue, such as your place with him, there will be an eternal peace. When you come with Jesus Christ to heaven, you will find that peace. The mercy of our Lord is strong enough to raise the soul that is dead, to give it a new life. There is no way any dead soul can restore life to itself. Jesus Christ came into this world to raise dead souls. He condescended to come down from heaven and live the perfect life you could not live. To go to Calvary's cross and die the atoning death you had to have. To rise from the grave in his resurrection victory in order to bring you into heaven with him. This is the water that is drawn from the wells of salvation. These wells are the truths of God. In doing all of these things, God shows he loved you before the world was made. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love for, toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God loved you. God loved you before you even knew about him. Before you had any desire to love him. He prepared to come into this world and save your soul. But also to comfort you as you came to see that you could not save yourself. Jesus, the God-man, came into this world with a comforting and powerful mercy that was so prevailing and so strong as to overwhelm you with its purpose. He dug the wells of salvation you draw from with joy. He dug them with a mercy so strong that it literally nailed Jesus Christ to the cross on your behalf. With a mercy so powerful that it caused Jesus to give himself over to death in your place. Nothing compares to this mercy. It's the foundation of the comfort Jesus brought into this world. 
Nothing apart from God's mercy could have nailed Christ to that tree. Nothing but this mercy could have bound Jesus in death. Nothing but such mercy could have captured Jesus Christ and sent him to the abyss of death. These things show clearly. Jesus did for you what no one else could ever do. He is your comfort because of his love, because of his desire to come into this world and comfort the comfortless. You can stand in his comfort with joy as you wait for the great day of judgment. Why? Because he already satisfied your account of God at God's judgment seat. Because he prepared the waters of salvation in which you're washed. That alone will free you from your sin and save your soul. The mercies of the Lord have made him your own. They have been given and they have caused you to have ownership of all his merits. When he came into this world as an infant, it was holy for your sake. His sacrifice on Calvary's cross was to give himself in your place. He freely gives to you all things. Christ is your indescribable gift. Isaiah 12, 4. And in that day you will say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. Christian, behold the wisdom of God. God, by means of everlasting good, gave himself to you. He's your property. He did this by return that he might make you his own. You have been purchased. Purchased by a price, therefore, you are not your own, but his who bought you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you are bought at a price? Understand. When you receive such a wonderful gift, you receive not just the gift, but the giver also. When you receive good, what do you do? You try to take that good and make it your own. You want it to serve you to the best advantage for you. So it is with Christ. He becomes your own and you you want to apply him to your life to show forth your everlasting life and salvation from your sins. You desire with all of your heart to go and proclaim that good news to all who will listen. You want to share his wisdom with the world around you. You want to exalt his name. Jesus tells his disciples in Luke 21, 15, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. Can you think about that? That's wonderful. He promises you. He promises you, you will not have to face this world by your own wisdom. He will come to you. He will help you. He will be your all. Your weakness will become the repository of his strength. And his words and wisdom will be in you. It's through the wisdom of God that Jesus Christ came into this world. It's through his wisdom that every area of your life is strengthened. Give careful attention to all of these areas. Give thanks. Give thanks and call on his name 
Let the world know what he has done, especially what he has done in your life. Christ is the true medicine for your soul. He restores you. He is the nourishment that refreshes you. He is the fountain of life that takes away your thirst. Christ is the light that expels the darkness of your heart. He is the joy that drives away your sadness. He is the advocate that quells the attacks of your accusers. Christ is the wisdom that protects you from foolishness. We understand he is the righteousness that removes your sins. He is the redemption that releases you from bondage. Christ is the sanctification that keeps away unworthiness. He is the adjudicator that delivers you from judgment. Christ is the king of kings that abates your guilt. He's the absolution of the sentence of hell. Because Christ is such glory. He is the peace and rest against your evil conscience. Christ is the victory. He's the victory in which you can rejoice against all your enemies. He's the warrior that delivers you from your persecutors. He's the bridegroom that will make your life perfect. Through these things, you see Jesus is the mediator that stands between you and the wrath of God. He is the propitiation against all trespasses. He's the strength against all weakness. Jesus is the guide against all wandering. He's the truth that guards against lying and vanity. With all of this, Jesus Christ comes as the life that delivers you from death. He's the beloved counselor when all others have failed and you have no other help. He is the power in the midst of all of your troubles. Jesus is the everlasting father when you are fatherless and forsaken by all others. He's the prince of peace against every enemy. Thus we know Christ is the ransom for your every debt. He is the crown of glory that shall save you from every reproach. He's the teacher that keeps you from ignorance. This makes clear Jesus Christ is the judge that saves you from the oppressor. He is the king who destroys Satan's work. He is the high priest interceding for you continually. Jesus, in, in all of his wisdom, is the one who is your all. It is all in Jesus Christ. Nothing in yourself. He is the only one you need, the one you must have. Therefore, Isaiah declares, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. Having heard what Christ did for you, as your wisdom, consider now what an excellent gift Jesus Christ is to you. Paul, in speaking of the blessings that come through the gospel, he ends his discussion with these words, 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Jesus' gift, Jesus Christ is that gift. He is the indescribable gift. As one who received this priceless gift, it should be your daily prayer. It should be your constant request that these wonderful things would be used in your life. That they will be fully implemented to help you grow in your spiritual life. You should do as Isaiah 12, 5 says. Sing to the Lord for he has done excellent things. This is known to all the earth. Take this list of things, these glorious things we just mentioned. 
Look at how you put them to work in your life. If Jesus is your physician, as Matthew 9, 12 says, then fear not, you are healed. He says he is your living bread, as John 6, 51 declares, that your soul be filled. Because Jesus is the well of salvation, as Isaiah 12, 3 proclaims, then drink from him and you will never thirst. Therefore, as the light of life is shown in John 8, 12, let Christ dispel the darkness in your heart. If he is your joy, as Luke 2, 10 states, stand firm in him and don't allow the circumstances of life to stop you. Since Jesus is your advocate, as seen in 1 John 2, 1, pleading your case, then trust in him. Because Christ stands as your way, truth, and life, as John 14, 6 reveals, be not deceived by the things of this world. Follow Jesus in everything and live for him. With Christ as your wisdom, as 1 Corinthians 1, 24 says, live before him with understanding. Thus with him as your righteousness, as Philippians 1.11 shows, let no one condemn you. Understanding Jesus is your redemption, as Romans 3.24 declares, therefore live in holiness. In Christ is your sanctification. Know, as in 1 Corinthians 1.30, you will never be rejected. If he is your peace, as Ephesians 2.14 says, then let not your heart be troubled. With Jesus Christ as your propitiation, as we see in Romans 3.25, refuse, refuse to allow anyone to make you question his grace. If Jesus is your king, as Hebrews 4.16 says, let no one pass sentence on you. Since he is your savior of absolution, as Colossians 2.14 declares, then worry not, for who can denounce you? With Christ as the captain of your salvation, as Hebrews 2.10 makes known, no one will be able to stand against you. Therefore, as your bridegroom, as John 3.29 proclaims, hold fast your commitment to him. Since Jesus is your ransom, as the apostle shows in 1 Timothy 2.6, then owe no man anything but to love him. With Christ as your crown of glory, as shown in Hebrews 2.7, let none reproach you. As your teacher, as we see in John 13, 13, then study God's word and learn from him. Since he is your Emmanuel, as shown in Isaiah 7, 14, though God with you, trust in his word and stand on his promises. Because Christ is your King of kings and Lord of lords, as Revelation 19, 6 points out, serve his kingdom. With Jesus as your high priest, as Hebrews 7.26 declares, then stand fast in his love. Thus, as your Savior, as Matthew 1.21 proclaims, declare Jesus to others as the Savior of this world. How? How could you ever have a more excellent or more valuable gift than this Jesus Christ? This gift is worth more than your life. It's worth more than all life, more valuable than the whole of creation. It's a gift that surpasses all sins, every misery, and all the troubles of this world. Christ belongs to you as the holder of this gift. Sin brought the forfeit 
of the treasures of heaven. But by Christ and his works, those treasures are restored to his people. By this gift, Jesus has become your brother, your salvation, and your God. Do as Isaiah said. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known to all the earth. Declare his wonderful works. Let the whole world hear this grace, this indescribable gift. What this should lead you to do is to consider what infinite good you have in Christ Jesus. It should cause you to, as Isaiah 12, 6 says, cry out and shout, O inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Look at the good. Look at the good God has brought down through his only son, Jesus Christ, and then rejoice. Peter understood this goal, this good, 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. When Jesus comes, you will have him as your redeemer and all of the wonderful spiritual blessings that entitles you to. Jesus is your good. He is the Lord, your righteousness, your mediator. He is the one who stands between you and God. Christ is your everlasting priest, the Christ of God. He is the Lamb of God without spot. He is your sacrifice, taking away your sin, the fulfillment of the law on your behalf. Christ is what every believer desires. He is one who guides the prophets. He is the master of the apostles, the teacher of those sent forth in his name. Jesus is the light to those who confess their sins. He is the crown of every martyr, the praise of every saint. He is the resurrection of the dead, the firstborn from the grave, the glory of those who are truly blessed. Jesus is the comfort of the mourner. He is the righteousness of the sinner. He is the hope of the afflicted, the refuge for the miserable. Jesus is the entertainer of strangers, the way for those who are lost. He is the help of the forsaken. He is the one who gives strength to the weak and rest to the weary. Christ protects the abused. He rewards the just. He is the author of the faithful, the anchor of the hopeful, I trust you're beginning to get the picture. Jesus Christ is your all. He, Jesus Christ, the Christ of God, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the wonderful counsel of the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace is the great, he is the infinite good of all of his people. This man, this God-man, is the indescribable gift given by God, freely bestowed upon mortal men. It is about Jesus Christ that you should shout and sing for joy. All who call themselves his people and live as part of his great kingdom, they must recognize him as the Holy One of Israel in whose midst they are privileged to stand. So as Isaiah says, cry out and shout, O inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. For great is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Holy One to all who believe. Jesus Christ came into this world to do for you what you could not do for yourself. That's why he must be understood as the infinite good in the believer's life. In the song of praise we opened from, from Isaiah with from Isaiah, 
The prophet saw the good and the glory that brings, which is given to God's people. In verse 1, he spoke of your Savior. Verse 2, your salvation. Verse 3, your comfort. Verse 4, your wisdom. Verse 5, your gift. Verse 6, your good. Jesus Christ is clearly pictured in this psalm, coming to do for his people what they needed. It shows the glory of Christ as your all. You need nothing, nothing besides him. He alone can save your soul. He alone can give you a place in eternity. Come. Come, place your hope in him and in him alone. Let's pray. To you, O Lord, we lift our souls. In you we trust, O God. Do not let us be put to shame, nor let our enemies triumph over us. No one who places their hope in you will ever be put to shame, but our enemies will be put to shame, those who are treasures without excuse. Show us your ways, O Lord. Teach us your paths. Guide us in your truth. And teach us for you, our our God and Savior. Our hope is in you all day long. Remember your great mercy and love. Pour out on us the grace we need to be true to you in all we do. We ask these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.